Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of A Good Drop. Today, we are going to take a short step away from drinking and talk about the vessels we're drinking from. Yes, specifically those constructed of glass. We're going to go all the way back to ancient Egypt. So stay tuned. We'll jump in the Wayback Machine and here we go. I'm Stu. I'm Michael. Cheers. Cheers. So we're going way, way, way back again. Uh, ancient Egypt was the first, uh, yeah, the basically the earliest known place of manufactured glass. Period. Yeah, because of course it's not like people weren't drinking from stuff before that, but they weren't drinking out of glass. No, and way, way back then we're talking three thousand. 4,000 years ago, the, well, they still weren't drinking from glass back then. Mm. The only evidence we can find are from glass beads or glazed ceramic uh, vessels. Yeah, they were able to make small glass things, and otherwise everything was ceramic or pottery or yeah. wood. Precisely. Clay was huge back then for some reason. Can't... Not sure why. <laughs> dirt. The dirt. reason is dirt. Yeah, dirt. dirt is abundant. Dirt's abundant. And it's easy to bake clay. Mm. It's hard to to bake glass or to melt glass because it's such a, such a high temperature melting point. Yeah. So, of course, way, way, way back, it was difficult to get fires to burn that hot. Mm. But we'll get to why they need to be that hot when we get into how you make glass. Yeah. Um. Well, let's let's... Let's talk about what it is. It's sil- basically silicon, uh, s- melted sand. That's the very simplest way to to describe glass, Mel- melted sand. Yeah, and in fact, if you take two glass with a sandblaster, it doesn't shatter so much as disintegrate. Mm. The most common form of glass is the soda soda lime silica glass which is about what you'd expect it's got silicon it's got nitrogen it's got cadmium carbon all that all that fun stuff so many different ways to to get this clear hard uh fragile substance the the most common sources of glass today are there's about there's about four different sources there's silica which is your your sand, your quartz pebbles. You've got what's called soda, which is uh, ash, basically. Uh, you get it from burning marine plants. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you've got lime, which is chalk and limestone. Believe it or not, you can heat that up and it turns into glass. I was surprised. Oh. Uh, and you've got uh, what's called pot ash. It's kind of self-explanatory. You got the ash from a campfire or a, a stove pot. Uh, and that's mostly potassium or potassium oxide. And those four four things are the, the most common sources. You can add other things to it, like lead, boron, magnesium, aluminium, or iron to add different colors or... Um, 
Or strengthen the glass. Yeah, or strengthen the glass. But at its at its core, it's probably silica, probably yeah. sand. That is, of course, why when there have been uh, large instances of heat falling on beaches, such as from explosions during wars, you sometimes end up with the top layer of sand becoming glass. Mm. It just melts itself together. Yeah. Yeah. Because all it really takes at the base point is enough heat plus mm. sand. That's it. Something that is commonly mentioned in geology is volcanic glass, which is also known as obsidian. It has very similar properties Hmm. to regular glass, but it's a very different mineral. Well, and it's black, for starters, and not not transparent. (laughs) Yeah. But it is also abundant. Mm. Around volcanoes. Yeah. You got a spare volcano handy? Oh, well, I think there's a few in Hawaii. (laughs) There was a really big one in Hawaii at some point. Not anymore. We should probably mention the safety points about glass too, because I'm sure everyone at this point has broken a glass or two in their time. Yeah, and I suppose anybody who's dropped one would notice that when glass breaks, there's big bits, but the big bits aren't really the ones you have to worry about. No. It's the tiny bits that fly an immense distance and end up embedded in the bottom of your foot the next time you're not wearing shoes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it it's it's not like it just shatters. It usually explodes. Yeah. Cuz glass everywhere. Um it's got to it has to do with its unique properties of hardness and you know the the chemical composition. It just it flakes as opposed to crumbles. And it's those flakes that have that infinitely fine edge to cut your foot Mm. and of course that's why safety glass exists and tempered glass things that are used to make windows in high-rise buildings or windscreens Mm. where instead of just shattering into lots of pieces and flying everywhere they shatter but they stay put yeah or uh shatter into uh little tiny grain or not little tiny they're smallish grains a couple of mils across yeah like, just become sort of glass rocks instead of hmm. shards that might injure somebody. Yeah. Um, and I suppose for trivial purposes, this also brings me to very briefly mentioning sugar glass, which is used oh, in cinema. Yeah. Because it looks like glass, mm. but is made from sugar and can't cut anybody. Yeah. Looks like glass, sounds like glass. Is made basically the same way as glass. Yeah, but is sweet and melts at a much lower temperature. Yeah. Well, by much lower, I I mean a couple of hundred degrees lower. It's still going to burn the fuck out of you if you touch it. Oh, yeah. But so generally, (laughs) if you see a glass break in a movie, it was made of sugar. It's a sugar glass. If you see a glass break, if you see someone go through a window, not real glass. Not real glass. How about that? Hmm. Which makes sense, yeah. I mean, these days at least. I don't know about old movies. Uh-huh. In, in old movies when actors were like indentured servants, I think things might have been a bit different. Maybe. But but these days, definitely. But we digress. Yeah. So back to back to how it's made. So most so glass today is made with a mix of waste glass or recycled glass, soda ash and limestone. Melt it all together and pour it out into molds. The uh, the light the soda redu- helps to reduce the melting point to help save energy during manufacture. 
the end product is, in this case, is called soda lime silica glass, and it's basically everything you can see today. Well, it's... At, at the cheaper end, because obviously you yeah. go to the, the better stuff and it's probably hand-blown, hmm. and that's a different process. Yeah. You've also got borosilicate glass, which is made by mixing boron oxide to the mixture. Uh, adding adding it makes the glass uh, more stable at high temperatures, so your Pyrex is made from that. Yeah, which makes good sense. It can handle higher temperatures, hmm. and it, uh, of course, is less likely to break, but because it is still glass, if you make the mistake of putting it in the oven and then immediately running it underwater, it will explode into tiny shards. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what glass is. Yep. The other kind of glass you will probably see is uh, crystal. Now, that commonly used to be made with lead oxide to uh, make the make it shine better. Mm. Um, but I believe they don't use lead so much anymore, just from the, the health ramifications. Yeah, admittedly, I've not seen lead crystal. I, I have some. And it's, you know, quality stuff and it makes it more sturdy than crystal by itself. But it's it's no longer as common as it used to be. Yeah, because lead is considered dangerous. And it is. Some of the earliest known glasses or glass vessels are from the late Bronze Age in Egypt and Western Asia. Around that time, there was a rapid growth in glassmaking technology. They worked out how to make... Uh, basically, they just worked out how to pour it into molds. So they, you see a lot of glass ingots or brick, glass bricks. Uh, you've got lots and lots of vessels, beads, uh, fake semi-precious stones. Yeah, because <laughs> as, as part of learning how to get metal crazy hot and keep it that way, mm. they were able to apply those same techniques to getting glass crazy hot and keeping it that way. Yeah. In the, in this process of evolving, they started to make things that were core-formed or produced by winding a, a rope of glass around a shaped core of sand and clay over a metal rod and then fusing that together with repeated heatings. So in the, in the 15th century BC, there was an extensive glass production industry in Western Asia, Crete, Egypt, and Greece. Uh, it's thought that the techniques and recipes required for the initial fusing of glass from raw materials was a closely guarded secret reserved for the large palaces and powerful states. Um, therefore, glass workers in other areas had to rely on imports of pre-made, pre-made glass, like pre, pre-made glass rods, kind of like what they do here, well, in the glass-making industry today. Well, yeah. the, the, I'm talking about the home, homemade guys that are you doing know, people it. who are like home blowing their own yeah. glass, where they they just get yeah pre-made glass rods, heat it up, hmm. and turn it into a horse or something. Yeah, glass. which is you know impressive in and of itself. Like they glass don't have artists. to make the glass themselves to yeah. to do that. That's still pretty freaking impressive. But well, it, it's offloading the effort to somewhere else. Some of the effort, yeah. yes. Because I mean, carrying around a pound of sand is gonna Make you look weird. Well, yeah. yeah. People would think, <laughs> is there a flood coming? Are we in Townsville? No, let's... Yeah. <laughs> too soon, too soon. That's, that's oh, yeah. 
Townsville is currently flooding. Mm. Um, yeah, well, it, it means that all the impurities have been taken out by somebody else so they don't have to learn how to take those impurities out and they don't waste anything because yeah. all the, the pure product is already there. Yeah, glass, glass is a luxury back then. Like up until, really up until the 17th century AD, it was still a luxury. Only the, only the rich and powerful could afford to have glass items, like glass drinking vessels, because not only are they hard to make, hard to come by, they're fragile and... If you're if you're not looking after it, obviously it's gonna break, and suddenly you've got no glass. Yeah, and I mean technically, for practical reasons, in those times, pottery and ceramics made more sense anyway because they stored things cooler for longer. Yeah, absolutely. But glass was a sign of wealth. It's well, gla- glass looks fantastic. Yeah, oh, it looks great. Yeah, and it's and crystal looks looks. In, Even better. Yeah, yeah, it's impressive in its own right. We we were, were spoiled, really, compared to a thousand years ago. We're spoiled in terms of how we're of the, the of the things we're drinking from. Well, yes, because yes. we have so many so many options, and in our Western culture, glass is the norm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very true. Glass is everywhere. Glass is cheap. Glass is so some cheap. Of, it's almost cheaper than plastic. Actually, I would say it is cheaper than plastic. Yeah, because plastic is more durable. So it, for, it for is, good but... quality plastic drinking receptacles, you will probably pay more than for the cheapest glasses. Yes. Oh, you definitely do. Mm. Um, but it the, the 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 thing with plastic drinking vessels is that they lose their finish because they're not as hard as glass. Yeah. You they they scratch easily, and they can stain. Oh, absolutely. They can, they can stain. Glass doesn't do that. The cheapest glass, if taken care of, can outlast the expensive plastic. Yes, without a doubt. Hmm. Unless you drop it, then plastic is the winner. The way to go, yeah. Hmm. Glass kind of developed the same way in, like, all over the world. Like, it developed separately all over the world uh, from Iran, Ch- India, China. Uh, the Romans, they all developed it separately, but similarly. It's like they all worked it out at, the, at around the same time, just like yeah. beer. Yeah, just just like beer, just like so many other alcohols. Yeah. And other things in general, everyone just sort of worked out that they could do that. I guess because when you get to the point where you can temper steel, mm. you've gone, hold on a minute, we can do that with sands too. Yeah. Well, they probably discovered that the that the sand that they were using to pad their to pad their smelters was melting and turning into a a hard, clear substance, quite unlike the uh, colored the yellow colored sand that was around everywhere every, everywhere else. Yeah, so it, it makes sense that they would all, upon discovering that they could work with furnaces and smelt around the same time, then discover at roughly the same time that. Mm. Hey, that same sort of heat produces glass. Yeah. It's like, hey, this thing's cool. What can we do with that? And suddenly they're also producing glass. Yeah. It's quite quite incredible. It's quite incredible. If you, dear listeners, have the opportunity to go see a glass exhibit at a museum or art gallery, 
I'd, no, if you get if you get the opportunity to go see glass history at a museum, like relics from you know two thousand BC, go do it, guys. It's incredible the what the what they look like because they basically back back then they were back when they were learning how to make glass. It didn't really have its style yet. They were the the glass was still full of impurities and uh, still, you know, not still quite unrefined compared to today's glass. It wasn't clear. It was always coloured, and the surface wasn't compl- well. Well, it might have been completely smooth, but we're not sure. the The relics from back then were always. Well, they've been sitting in the ground for a while, so of course they're going to be a, a unpolished finish now. Yeah, the, the ones that are still intact are definitely not mm. going to look like they did at the time. No. So maybe they had highly polished glass back then. Who knows? Yeah. I, I honestly don't know what glass looks like when it's fresh out of the kiln. Yeah, no. I mean, I've only ever seen videos of it being blown, which is, of course, entirely different to mm. when it's just been poured into a mold and is cooling. Yeah. Um, yeah, bl- well, blown glass is, a, is its whole thing. It's a whole thing. It's a, that's a fantastic way to make it because you can, you can get that beautiful rounded style that is common with drinking glasses now. Yeah, absolutely. And... Uh, of course, as that sort of thing became more commonplace and glass became cheaper and easier to produce, we ended up with the sort of specialized glassware that we have the fortune of drinking from now. Mm. And um, But we'll save that for uh, part two, because I think this is going to be, this is such a, a huge topic. It would do it a disservice to... To try and cram it into one episode. Yeah. So we won't. So we won't. Yeah, be sure to tune in. So yeah, tune in next time for next part time 2. <laughs> for part 2. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll focus more on the types of drinking vessels and why they've been chosen for particular beverages. Yes, absolutely. So um and, and probably a bit more on the style as well. Like f- or fashion glass. Yeah, and uh, until then be sure to tell your friends about us and that they should be listening because we're talking about some interesting stuff here. Mm. Um, we've got. We'd love you to subscribe to us or follow us on your favorite podcast app, including Apple Podcasts or Podbean. Podbean, yeah. You can find us as a Good Drop, all about alcohol. We are, of course, on the socials as a Good Drop podcast. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram, hmm. and we are on YouTube. Though uh, probably best to just ignore that one. Yeah. Here. <laughs> um. Um, and, uh, so if you want to share a single episode with your friends or share it on your Facebook feed, you can jump on our website, agooddrop.com.au. And if you'd like to contact us about any ideas or your thoughts on glass or drinks or yeah, whatever you like, or just to give us some feedback and say, hey, loving the podcast, then you can email us at uh, agooddrop at gmail.com. Yeah. So, you know, thanks for listening. We've... It's been a blast. Yeah, so until part two. Until until next time. Cheers. cheers.